0: Welcome to Poldark Fancast, a podcast created by fans to discuss the Poldark saga. And we are your hosts. I am Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses and I tweet at Musings.
1: And my name is Rita. I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark and I tweet at Rita Bites. Now, this is the second podcast in our series of book club episodes. We're currently reading The Stranger from the Sea, the eighth book in the saga, and we'll be discussing chapters six to nine of book one. So I hope you've all been doing your homework and reading along.
0: Here we go. Uh, First up, chapter six, we are introduced to the mysterious Stephen Carrington, who claims to be a gentleman from Gloucestershire, whose ship he owned uh, when it was struck by a storm. Uh, Friendly and well-liked by everyone in the village, he ingratiates himself with the Poldark family, and in particular with Clowence, to whom he confesses his, quote, real origins. He is not a gentleman, but in fact a sailor and privateer. He confesses his feelings for her, and they kiss. (coughs) So... What was your initial reaction to Stephen and his relationship with Clowence?
1: Hated it. Hated it. Still hate it. Really, really mm-hmm. hate it. Uh, oh, yeah. Stephen just gives off icky, conman man vibes from the get-go. He oh, yeah. He comes in, he's charming, but his story is constantly changing about who he is, where he's from, and oh, he's a gentleman, and he has this accent. But he doesn't mm-hmm. have any money or any connections and he's staying in their house for like seemingly way too long. It's just uh, <laughs> everything about him creeps me out and the, his relationship with Clowitz was moving at like warp speed. Like they're kissing mm-hmm. in, in, by the end of chapter six. Like that, that's, yeah. in the space of a chapter he is introduced and then making out with one of the children. What the fuck? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. You. You know. You, you remember how I felt about um, Mr. Armitage? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. You with know, Uh huh. Um. This is a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a sociopath. Uh. You know. I'm. I am not going to uh revise my opinion on mr armitage but this cat is horrible he's horrible and how Demelza isn't able to see through this boggles the mind I think
1: she's sort of picking up on things that are a bit strange about him but she's not confident enough to like call him out on how much of a leecher he is there, there's those lines where she, because she, she notices that things that are wrong with him, that he stands out from different people of his his supposed class, and mm-hmm. she she can pick up on it in a way that the people of that class can't. But she doesn't actually like say anything or like warn yeah. clowns, which just freaks me out. <laughs> Tell your daughter to leave him alone. You don't know yeah. who this motherfucker is. He just came out yeah. from the ocean? Like, what? hmm He's a stranger from the sea. Who is he? It? Who is he?
0: We don't know who this fool is. And this is this is a theme that exists within the novels. Uh, don't get me wrong. I adore these novels. I adore this saga. Um, the books are absolutely magnificent, but this is this is something that I know I had massive issues with, um, if for no other reason. And, and we'll get into it more as we as we move through the story. But you know, this is a a theme that will come up where. You know, we will see things like this happening, and it doesn't seem like the parents are doing much <laughs> to kind of help
1: direct the childrens. They're like sleep driving at the wheel here.
0: <laughs> they are very permissive for this, the, the time that these books are set.
1: For any time. And we'll get
0: more... Yeah, and we'll <laughs> and we'll get more into that as we uh, move further into uh, this story and the others um, that we have to look forward to. <gasps> oh, and you know they're they're sitting there breaking into trend with Ugh. and making out.
1: What does that remind you of?
0: <laughs> breaking mm-hmm. into trend with
1: having illicit mm-hmm. relations. I mean, she really inherited all of Ross's worst qualities here. Uh...
0: (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next question. Uh, Caroline suggests that seeing more of the world, and in particular men,
1: would be a good idea for Clowance. Do you agree? Ding ding ding, Caroline, you're the only sensible <laughs> person in the room. Uh, Demelza's all like, Well, I saw one man and that was okay for me. And I'm just like, Demelza, you're not everybody. Like <laughs> No. You were literally No a street urchin that married their master. This is... Like, nobody else is going to have that life. Um, Make no. your daughter no. meet more men. Because she cannot just go making out with random strangers in the middle of Trenwith. Right. Clarence needs right. to right. see more men.
0: Yes. She needs... She needs to gain more experience in the world. And, you know, when we say experience, you know, we're not saying that, you know, she needs to, you know, go to London and start, you know... Messing around and you know, all that. But kind that would
1: of be stuff. fun she, for her. She... Go, Clowns. Do whatever you like.
0: <laughs> um, but you know she has lived her entire life. I mean, not, not she's she may have gone to London once, maybe twice. I think she went. She went to child. school,
1: right? So she's been around, surrounded by other girls. That's like, uh... yeah,
0: yeah. And so she hasn't seen. You know, much of the rest of the world, and like Caroline said, you know, she's maybe got six people, (laughs) six men in the immediate area who
1: she could consider as potential suitors. Um, So personally, I was rooting for Ben Carter, Team Ben Carter.
0: I was (laughs) too. I was too. Because he sounds like just a delightful young man. And he has a beard, uh,
1: so you know my type <laughs> marry me Ben Carter oh. uh not really the point of we're
0: talking about. Uh. <laughs> uh but yeah I mean uh Caroline is just spot on and um <laughs> I love the way she is with her with them you know talking about her two daughters you know her two urchins and blah blah blah, and you know that you know that she loves them to absolute distraction. Yeah, she's she's, um, she's
1: got to be like the best mother for two girls to have because she's just like, <laughs> you will see all of the men and you will choose wisely, <laughs> and I will make sure that you mm-hmm.
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh okay. okay so
1: chapter seven. Ross finally arrived in London and he's off to stay with his good friend and casually just mentioning the future Prime Minister of England, George Canning. He learns of the growing tension between the current Tory government and the future Prince Regent. Ross worries that this might lead to another tenuous quote-unquote peace with France.
0: Oh, joy.
1: Elsewhere in London... George is there, and he asks Caroline to introduce him to Harriet's brother, the Duke. This, my friend, does not go well. While having dinner at the <laughs> Ennis's, he learns that Clarence is staying with them in London, and there is some more, like, creepy leering that he does, but let's not think of that. <sighs>
0: <sighs> no, please, please, no, God, that's,
1: no, that's, no. That's gone. Uh, Ross has transitioned from being a kind of rebel fighting the establishment to becoming BFFs with the future tory prime minister how the fuck did that happen
0: <laughs> it's amazing what a 12 what a 10 year time jump will do uh, you know and i think <clears throat> excuse me i think that uh, you know ross has been um, you know involved in the government involved in you know parliament for you know, ten years, which is a long freaking time. Uh, by this point, and uh, you know, uh, his views are are gonna change, um, or rather than change, because that sounds like he's making a fundamental <laughs> shift from his uh, his you know personal uh, <clears throat> philosophies and things along those lines. But you know, he's gonna mellow with age. I
1: think. That's definitely what's happening. But then, I also take into there were us there were parts of the chapter where he was like, "Yeah, so there were some poor people starving up north, but we really need to defeat the French." Where I sort of was like, <laughs> "What the fuck, Ross? <laughs> the that was yeah. your main priority years ago. That was and the main jam. <laughs> that was the whole thing. How mm. many speeches did you give about the poor and the underclass?" Um, And he seems to just have uh, shifted his priorities to see things on a larger scale, which makes sense because now he's in a position of power, Mm -hmm. he sees that there are other issues that might affect him, like long term. Well, actually, I don't really know what would have happened if they just would have (laughs) cut off the war with France, like that's a whole completely different history, like what would have (laughs) happened to England? Um, But there definitely would have been an economic downturn that would have affected the whole of the country, right? So maybe he's just seeing it yeah. a bigger picture rather than just focusing in on his little pet issues.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. You know, we're talking about, you know, Clowance needing to see. Um, and okay, we're pronouncing her name in 87 different ways. Um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do I'm Clowence. listening to the uh, no, 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 no. Not your fault. I'm listening to the audiobook. Um, and, uh, this is the first time that I'm listening to the audiobooks uh, for these, um, last, these latter, latter books.
1: They're new, aren't they? They've only just, they weren't, the audio books yeah. are sort of being released in, over the past few months.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um the way the gentleman who does the reading and I'm I'm I would still love to have somebody else oh my it, god but, can um, we talk
1: about his pronunciation of Portuguese names like my friend <laughs> no <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god but he pronounces her name clowence
1: it's probably right but I've always said it in my head as Clowens.
0: it says clowence yes and isn't that the way that they pronounced it on the show?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Clowns? Yeah. So, so anyway, you will probably hear uh, me pronounce her name 87 different ways, but it's the audiobook's fault. I
1: mean, none of Not us don't speak Cornish. How are we supposed to know? <sighs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, anybody out there who knows the correct pronunciation of her name, please let us know. But
1: then, like, what if? we have to be held accountable to calling it that, and then we, we forget, and then they yell at us. We're, we're, we're,
0: we're, we're asking for um, uh, just uh, historical
1: okay. reasons. Okay, just, uh, just, yes. just, just don't expect yeah. too much it's, from us, okay? We're, we're just yeah. trying. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, anyhow, you know, as Caroline is saying, you know, uh, Clemence needs to see more of the world, you know, to kind of broaden her perspective. Ross has done that, you know, He was a young man when he went to America to fight. And so, you know, the young man juices are flowing and (laughs) and that kind of thing. Um, You know, now that he's older and he's seeing more of the world and gaining more experience of life outside of Cornwall, um, you know, it stands to reason that his um, uh, priorities and and opinions are, are going to shift a little bit
1: think that's like a good progression for his character i'm like thank you thank god he's finally stopped making all those speeches
0: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) absolutely oh god
1: speaking (sighs) of massive shifts in character george reaching out for help from both caroline and Dwight in the same chapter oh my god doesn't that (laughs) seem uncharacteristic
0: <laughs> uh yeah, it does uh for Book George. Uh definitely. Um you know, I think that you know, George, you know, has has made it pretty clear that, you know, his opinion of uh Dwight uh was pretty awful when he first met um Dr. Ennis mainly because of his association with Ross.
1: Well, in fact, they uh, it's mentioned in that brief sort of recap of their relationship. Mm-hmm. He had wanted to befriend Dwight for himself, but then, you know, Ross got in there yes. first, so he's mad bitter. Yes. Mad bitter. Yes.
0: That's right because the way that Dwight is, Dwight's character is introduced in the books Uh, you know, if I creak my brain back, uh, you know, Lord knows how many, uh, months and years, um, is that, uh, Dwight is a guest at George's wedding. Uh,
1: I think it's Francis's wedding, right?
0: Oh, Francis's wedding. That's right. That's right. And, uh, so, you know, at the time, you know, Ross was probably not feeling (laughs) like wanting to, to make friends with pretty much anybody at that point in time. time, um, Yeah, he was was a little preoccupied with the fact that, you know, his cousin had made off with the good of his dreams. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, anyhow, uh, you know, now that, you know, we've gotten to this point, you know, and Dwight is no longer this penniless, landless um, doctor, but is now, you know, a country squire. Um And uh, married to Caroline, who is probably within their little province of Cornwall, Um, you know, one of the classiest dames yeah. in the area. She's a big so, fucking you know, dame. Yeah, so George is, of course, going to want to uh, be around folks of that ilk. So, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't strike me as too uncharacteristic that that he would wind up reaching out to them, particularly because he is, um, you know, on the the hunt of Harriet, and so George, being George, he's going to use any um, any thing or person uh, that can help him uh, towards his goal.
1: I think what I found uncharacteristic was not that he asked White like, Caroline. It was just asking for help. Like, he's not um, very good at doing that. He is sort of like. You know, one of those, like, angry middle-aged men that doesn't like to ask for help.
0: Yeah, but, you know, he probably realizes that he's going to need to have some kind of help uh, in order to get into Harriet's good graces, particularly since, you know, the letter, the, the buying the horse thing and the letters going back and forth really haven't done much of anything. So, uh, yeah.
1: Um, and also, for the record, <laughs> do we think Dwight saw the king? Because he was playing his cards very close to his chest, but I'm like, bitch, you saw him, didn't you?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think that that, that's interesting when um, you think about, you know, how they did the season five adaptation, you know, of, you know, Dwight and his uh, kind of single minded pursuit on. Uh, mental illness and mental health um and so you know we we see little sparks and inklings of that occurring uh within the 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 issue of the king and his uh illness and um you know it's it's kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna borrow that, and we'll just bring this down to George seeing ghosts
1: <laughs> they're like they could never um have the exact same scene that they have play out um, right. in the tv version now because they've made george somebody who suffered from mental <laughs> illness like he would right uh though he maybe he would go for to dwight for some advice like but the concept of him not knowing anything would be very strange now
0: yeah yeah oh yeah. the agree. changes agree exactly okay so on to chapter eight george having heard from Dwight that the king is unlikely to recover, bets on the likelihood of peace with France. He buys a few cotton spinning factories in Manchester and hopes that the increased income will help impress Harriet's brother, the Duke. However, upon meeting him, the Duke clearly looks down on George, forever the blacksmith's son. Ross, encouraged by canning, meets the prince regent and talks him into staying the course with the war on France. So, how do you feel about Ross pushing for conflict that is hurting the people he stands to claim up for?
1: Uh, I don't love it, if I'm gonna be honest. Um, because... This was the whole issue that he like stood for candidacy for when he mm-hmm, was elected. He was like, "I'm a man of the people. I'm going to prioritize them." And by pushing for this war, he is literally starving people. Um, I found the descriptions of the people up there quite horrifying, and yeah. Look, I understand why Ross is doing it, but I'm uh, it's like it's conflict and it's hard and it's complicated and it's grey and I'm just very like, oh, damn you, Winston. Damn you, Winston. <laughs> when, I think what's different from uh, the TV show in the book is that Ross always does the right things in the TV show. He's always making the right choices and he's always standing up for the right people. Yeah. What I appreciate about Winston is that he has made it difficult sometimes to root for Ross because his priorities don't always align with mine particularly. So, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate yeah. that he's made it more complicated and it reflects the realities of the time a bit more. What about you?
0: Um, I agree. Um, I think that it <laughs> it was one of those things when I was, you know, I'd watched the show and, you know wound up diving head first into the books and started to notice this added complexity, particularly after we get to the time jump and, um, you know, noticing um, the complexities of Ross's character and how it differed from the way that he was portrayed in the show Um, And, you know, as someone who likes to dabble in writing, although Lord knows, it's been way too long since I picked up a a pen, uh, or I should say. (laughs) A (laughs) keyboard. I do all my writing on the computer. So, yeah. So, since I've sat down at a keyboard to write anything, um, (laughs) um, but I appreciate that added complexity because it provides more uh dimension to the character of ross um you know that aside still it <laughs> because it was like ross what the hell are you
1: doing man
0: what are you doing
1: no <laughs> i was like am i rooting for george here to give these people employment what's happening uh, it's it's very weird <laughs> to have george as somebody to who's like actually going to help the poor. What's happening? Uh...
0: But you know, it's like the reason he's but... helping the poor is because he just... He, the reason he's helping the poor is because he wants more money. So
1: there was a part of the chapter where he reflects on like the fact that he's not completely immune to feeling sorry for these people and i was like that is very different from the tv show (laughs) in the tv show he was like we would stamp on them um so i think i'm just sort of like grasping at straws whenever he says something nice i'm like yes george i can root for this yeah
0: you know and it 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 is that added complexity that we get within the the books for for these characters so you know, well, Thank well you, done, Winston. Winston. Well done. But you're, 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 you're confusing the hell I out know. of me at it's times. Like, but
1: I feel very muddled. Okay. But I, That's that's the world we live in, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, let's see. Um, second is on a scale of one to ten, how much did you scream when Ross spoke to actual pretty? Uh
1: I think we were at an eleven because I was like. <gasps> <laughs> when they they started suggesting that he speak to him i was like no no he's not going to actually talk to him is he and then winston graham wrote one of the most famous yep. figures in british history just like right right up in this book just right in the middle of it like hi it was magnificent I was like this is fab can he have a spinoff I would read that because everything (laughs) about him is fascinating to me this is a very interesting figure and this is a decision he did make which was always Mm -hmm. baffling to me but you know, he ended up being incredibly correct. <laughs> Everybody in the in the novel is like, oh, he's going to be such a shit king. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, He governs over an incredible period in British history. Yeah. Uh, hi, you might have wo- heard of this little thing called the Battle of Waterloo, which we fucking won. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so, thank you, Prinny. I can't express, like... <laughs> also the way that he's characterized I think is incredibly a character I was like this is how I've always mm-hmm. imagined him to be sort of like he's mischaracterized before in the, the like everybody thinks of him as some kind of like airhead that's just out like parting all the time he just has like an incredible amount of pride and I think it makes him look a bit yeah. stupid but, but this yeah. is how I've always imagined him and I was like yay Winston thank you what about you did you scream? <laughs> Oh
0: totally, totally um you know I it's a it's a piece of masterful writing um, and uh, really so enjoyable to delve into you know this this individual who you know lived and reigned through a remarkable time uh, and so it was I love and I've always loved um uh fictional books that kind of dip their toe within the, uh, historical realities that are taking place, uh, around them. And, um, I remember there was a, um, uh, series, uh, I think it was called, God, what was the series called? Um, uh, it was by, uh, John Jakes. I'll have to look it up. Um, and it was a series that followed, uh, this family Through the Revolutionary War, all the way through to. Ooh,
1: North and South.
0: No, uh, it wasn't North and South, although I loved that. Um, But it all the way through to, I want to say it was like the early 20th century. Um, And they had moments of time where they were interacting with individuals, you know, that um, really helped to make history. Uh, within the United States. And so uh, I will look it up, and I will uh, post a link to that series. Um, oh, God, I have a cat. Hello, cat. Jack. Sorry, everybody. He's assessing himself um, into
1: podcasting history.
0: Yes, he is. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> Goodbye, Jack. Um, uh, I will post a, a note on Twitter uh, when I uh, find that series, because it's really – it is not as well written as um, – Winston's, um, I'll have to say that. Uh, Winston um, is was an extraordinary writer, but it was damn well entertaining.
1: I mean, that's a different <laughs> kind of skill um, that I think people underestimate. Mm-hmm. If something is gripping to read, that that's quite rare as well. Like, mm-hmm. God knows the exactly. frickin' Twilight sagas weren't good, but people frickin' read through it like, <laughs> you know, if it's trashy... <sighs> There's its own skill in there, I'm just saying.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah, John Jakes um, loved North and South, Love and War, but this was uh, the Kent Family Chronicles. Uh, and it started with the book The Bastard. That
1: reminds me a bit of like the. Yes. What is it? Ugh, I never know how to say it. The Forsyte saga thing? What is it? Oh, The Foresight? Never the know. know Foresight. That yes. Uh, that does a similar <laughs> thing where it just follows one. Fam- well one family through actually wait doesn't poldock do that it follows one family through yeah, the saga of its time yeah,
0: pretty much yes pretty much um i will say that john jakes was cranking <sighs> these things out and, uh, the the um the kent family chronicles started in 74 with the bastard and then the rebels and the seekers came out in seventy five. The Fury seventy six. Titan seventy six. Warriors seventy seven. Lawless seventy eight. Americans seventy. Can't imagine writing two so, books in I mean, a he year. Was, he oh. was just yeah. He was just like cranking them. Meanwhile, Winston out. was goodness. like, "It's
1: been eight years. Let me produce another book." Exactly, exactly. Let
0: me let me put a book together and put it out. We'll see what happens. Um, although I will say that um, there is a book that John James wrote. Um, <laughs> in 1968, the cover art is a scream. It's called Brack the Barbarian.
1: Okay, that, that seems twinges of <laughs> some kind of racism, xenophobia. I'm always sort of like barbarians.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Not a vibe I like, <laughs> but okay.
0: But yeah, anyway, so uh, John Jake's The Americans. Or the Kent family chronicles. Anyway.
1: What were we even talking I about? I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Poldark. Yeah, Poldark. Okay. Chapter nine. <laughs> the Duchess of Gordon throws a reception. By the way, the Duchess of Gordon, real person. Wikipedia her. Huh? <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> uh, Ross attends and is shocked and slightly appalled to bump into Clowence. <laughs> Uh Clowence is a huge hit with the young men of the aristocracy, in particular Lord Edward Fitzmurray's. It's Maurice, who she ends up rejecting by being like i'm not meeting your family gross <laughs> which pleases ross who is uncomfortable with her out in society yeah. george bumps into lady harriet yay who seems to have been encouraged by her brother's disapproval of george <laughs> everyone likes a bad boy the chapter ends with the news of the prince regent's rejection of the formation of a new Whig government he wants to continue with the war George realizes that he is screwed. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about Ross. Yeah. he was a bit put out that Clarence was out in society. Did you think it was something she should avoid? Me? No, I think yeah. I
0: think it, that was. I am totally on Team Caroline's side when it comes to Clarence uh, getting out and being uh, with getting out and seeing more of society. Um, you know, Ross is is being that protective papa of his, you know, of his first or his second daughter, I should say.
1: Um, R.I.P. Julia.
0: Yes. And, uh, you know, I think <laughs> clearly that um, he is in for a very big surprise when he gets home and discovers uh, Mr. Carrington, you Ugh. know, perhaps... He will then understand the reason why (laughs) Clowance was frog-marched out to uh, London uh, so that she could uh, make an appearance out in society. Um, uh And uh, I think we will discover that uh, Ross may have a slight change of, of heart when it comes to this little foray into society when he gets home.
1: Yep. He's like, whoops, I made a mm mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Mhm. I quite liked Lord Edward Fitzmaurice or whatever I his did name too. is. He was nice. Mm-hmm. Give him a shot, Clowence. I mean, he's not horrible and he's not lying about where he's from, so. <laughs> exactly. really step up?
0: He's a nice-looking young man uh who is genuinely interested in her. Um you know. wants
1: to meet wants her to meet his mother yeah. i mean come on that's nice exactly at least you know who his mother is mm mm-hmm.
0: that p- word 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 um but yeah
1: what i was a bit uncomfortable with was the fact that ross was like she likes galloping on the beach with a horse. What is she doing out here? It's like people can be multifaceted. Fast, ugh. <laughs> it's not a good day for me in words. Faceted. Uh, yes. Multifaceted, Ross. Yes. And she can like galloping on the horse and attend a ball. It's not either or.
0: Exactly. <sighs> Remember, your wife did the same thing. She enjoyed, you know, she loved being, you know, who she was and, you know, walking through the flowers and. And and flower you know,
1: princess Jamelsa Khan
0: exactly and you know being you know the mistress of Nampara um, you know all of those things and you put her in a ball gown and she is living life.
1: Give her a glass of port. She's off to the she races. Is
0: good <laughs> to go. So yeah, it, it's just <sighs> Ross. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> don't be oh, a dick he has
1: all of the wrong instincts damn it uh, oh so,
0: god yeah
1: uh, george's fortune is at risk <laughs> oh how the turntables <laughs> uh, how did you react to this cliffhanger
0: <laughs> oh god i thought that this was awesome uh, i thought this was a this was a great way to end uh this section of the book um You know, because this is we don't oftentimes get to see George make a financial error, and especially one of this time, right? Yeah, and especially one of this magnitude. Yeah, Um, you know, he will sometimes spend money on stupid things just to to get even with people, and and in particular Ross. Um, But yeah, this is the first time where he has allowed his machinations um to get something for himself um he's 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 jumped into doing something like this without thinking about the potential ramifications of you know well what happens if plan a is not the way it goes and it goes plan b what what are my options then
1: Though so, i don't know that it's it was really that much of a risk. Mm -hmm. Going forward, everybody thought the Whigs would come into power and that the war would end eventually. Mm -hmm. So you know, the conventional thought was on his side here. Like Mm -hmm. there was no way he could have predicted this. This was like really freaking random. I mean, normally George would have wouldn't have taken such a big big, risk in terms of financially Mm -hmm. Um, so that just shows you how freaking desperate he is to impress Lady Harriet. (laughs) He would never have done something like this for Elizabeth, I don't think. No, no, no. Which to me, suggests maybe his feelings are really more in it than with Elizabeth. With Elizabeth, he was much more thoughtful and he planned. But with Lady Harriet, he's just like, whirling around the country, going to meet her brother. Like... (laughs) I'm kind of fascinated by this version of George because it do- it's it's like it's like he's been taken over by somebody. Else. <laughs> somebody has body snatched George <laughs> and replaced him with a feeling feeling person with human errors and actual mistakes are being made and stuff.
0: Oh lord. Oh god. Well, yeah. This is, I love these books. (laughs) It just comes down to, I love these books. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what did you all think? Um, as part of our book club, we have a questionnaire up on our blog where you guys are free to give us your thoughts. We're going to read some of the best ones, uh, that we received out for you guys. So what was your first impression of Stephen Carrington?
1: Karen, responded with one word but it's truly classic uh, dodgy <laughs> yes <laughs> that's perfect all, all that's needed really yes uh, margaret said i was very suspicious of him
0: Mm-hmm. word oh gosh sandy beach said first impressions are sometimes lasting and accurate it was so with stephen carrington i didn't like or trust him In chapter 6, the reader discovers that he has been concealing the truth on one hand, yet he forcefully insists that he is honest on the other. He protests too much. My first impression is that he is not to be trusted. His greatest asset is his looks, with nothing of substance to recommend him.
1: (laughs) Brutal! I love it. Uh, Poldark Hart said, Straight away, I was suspicious of this dude. He seemed a bit of a character. I had to wonder why a stable man with responsibilities would be so eager to hang around the first place he happened to wash up in from the sea (laughs) instead of wanting to go home. (laughs) Uh, My tin hat was tingling when he told Demelza that his mind was shaken up from his near-death experience and so he needed to stay longer for rent rest and refit uh. Uh, but then attended all the Christmas parties going on in the district and with charming <laughs> clowns on the sly yeah. the main thing is that as the text said Demelza always had quote razor sharp perceptions end quote mm-hmm. since she is not sure what to make of him that was all the alarm bells I needed to suspect that in the words of Taylor Swift he was trouble Trouble, trouble, trouble. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah.
0: The, <laughs> um, I love the, oh, yes, I need to, uh, I, I need to just stay here and, and just get some more rest. By the way, can I borrow that very fine looking suit of your, of your husband so I can attend these Christmas parties? <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs>
0: No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Let's see. Love Me A Period Drama uh, said, at first he seemed like a handsome characteristic, or sorry, charismatic, possibly Ross-like. I was just figuring he would be like Ross, not sure why. He didn't seem entirely trustworthy, a bit of a grifter, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt because Clowence seemed to be so taken with him, and I figured she would have some sense given her parents.
1: Ah! sorry that's just such a terrible instinct a couple more
0: books my opinion of him has steadily (laughs) declined yes
1: honestly everything that she she learned from her parents has made her like her terrible terrible instincts like yes yes and then then again this is the the parents that helped somebody that killed their wife escape on a boat to Sicily so yeah, Yeah. these people are strange man
0: so uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, grifting (laughs) uh, what do you
1: think about the budding
0: romance between Stephen and Clowence
1: Margaret said I don't like it at all (laughs) Stephen seems too worldly wise and too old for Clowence he's hiding something margaret brings up a good point demelza thinks this man is almost 30 (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's he's a teenager teenager. yeah he's a little old he may be like twice her age yeah could be grace because she's because she's how old in this 16 16 i think maybe 17 17. yeah something double that. that you get 30 you know
0: uh, love me a period drama said i wanted clowns to have the kind of romance her parents have so i was excited to read about their ro- their moments together pull dark heart i i would be would totally agree with you if he didn't set my spidey senses tingling off the charts
1: it's like within the first paragraph i was like no no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. And yep. it just get, gets, no. gets worse throughout the... By the time no. he's kissing Clowance, no, no, mm-hmm. I'm not. Get over yep. escape from this. Escape this trend with, and run yes. far, far away to London.
0: Yes. Uh, Darkhart said, not a fan. And the fact that I first wondered if he actually... If he actually obsessed with Demelza, by the way, he spoke of her beauty and charm, gave me CAD vibes. Um, maybe also mummy milf issues.
1: He's probably closer to Demelza in age, to be fair.
0: Honestly, that is very true. Uh, though he was honest with Clowance about his adventures in the sea. Honest? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, I did not like the fact he had lied to Demelza about this whilst pursuing a romance with her daughter behind her back. Their first real scene together rang other alarm bells as he made it seem like he did not want Clowance to disobey her mother, but incrementally and manipulatively led her to doing just that as she ended up taking him to trend with, after all. Then going in with him, as uh, must have known, she wouldn't let him go in on his own. I felt like his questioning of her regarding Ben Carter was intense and he was acting like he was on Love Island trying to couple up too quickly yes! and get her emotional commitment so soon after saying he liked her. His pawing of her was creepy and like marking his territory. Then he asked to use Trendworth as a meeting place, then onward, just after Clowance had warned of the risk and danger of being caught by the Harrys. That was presumptive and, succe- and suggested... He was selfishly lustful, irresponsible, and not mindful of Clarence's well-being. Unbeknownst to her, he was clearly pulling the strings at this early stage, and she was being led astray by what seemed to be an irresponsible cad. So I do not like the feel of where this romance is going. Not one bit. No,
1: no, no. Mm-mm. Say no to nope, people nope, called nope. Stephen Carrington. Uh, so the next question was, are you enjoying older George? How do you feel about his methods in pursuing a wife? Sandy Beach replied with Enjoy is not a word I would use with George. <laughs> <laughs> There's an element of the perverted when I think that young Clowance has awakened his physical appetite and has cursed him to think he may need to remarry. Yeah. This is a tangent just from me. Um but isn't it good of him that he's not actually acting on these perverted thoughts and he's actually Pursuing a relationship with someone of the appropriate age, unlike oh, Stephen, God, yes. he's actually oh, God, marrying yes. a woman that's like in her forties. So, yes, yes, I
2: guess yes. God, you go, yes.
1: George. Um, anyway, back to Sandy Beach. She said, "I find George's method of pursuing a second wife as humorous and totally in character for George Willigan. It has been eleven years, and George has not met a woman that could captivate him like his first wife, Elizabeth." Though we're told back in Willoughgan that George loved Elizabeth to the extent that he is able to love, no other woman has appealed to him since his death. Her death. That makes more sense. Mm. Uh, When his physical need is awakened, (laughs) he sets about to find a suitable candidate. It is a business proposition. Very typical of George. He finds a woman who is young beautiful, and the sister of a duke. He may not love the woman, but her, her relationship to a duke will suit George's purpose even better. To increase his chances of securing this prize, he speculates on a business proposition that will double his net worth. I'm very much enjoying George's methods of pursuing a wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Especially since it just may mean his financial Yay! ruin. But anyway. Paul <laughs> um, Darkheart said, I never liked but have always really enjoyed his character. He continues to be stiff-necked and goal-focused, but not on altruistic causes. You got to love his drive. So I enjoyed his conniving to get intel from Dwight on the King and how he was such a <clears throat> how he was such an awkward dinner guest with Caroline. I found his assessment of Harriet as a potential wife very amusing. He, the way he was assessing her <laughs> legs, ankles, shoulders, and shape was as if he was purchasing a horse instead of looking for a wife. Since he has zero game, his strategy was like before with Elizabeth to build up his wealth and sell Harriet on the dream of a money marriage of convenience. Scarpering like the wind when he realized he may have gone bust was a funny moment to end book one on. Overall, his approach in general confirms that even after his gruesome but rather successful partnership with Elizabeth, he still sees a wife as a possession to be acquired rather than looking for a compatible and equal life partner to love and be loved.
1: Of course. I think he's sort of accidentally going to get one though, because Harriet is completely uninterested in a relationship with her brother, so he's not going to mm-hmm. get any kind of social mobility through that relationship. And he's right. poor now, so <laughs> he's literally just gonna be <laughs> marrying her for her.
0: It's like all of the best laid plans, yeah.
1: George. You're gonna just have to be like Oof. companions and shit. Ugh. And our final response was from Margaret George seems mellower. I like him, and I approve of his methods. <laughs> uh, Margaret <laughs> is a stone cold killer, people. Watch out. Yes,
0: yes. Let's see. Well, Ross met Prinny. Are you enjoying the weaving of real historical people and events? How much did you know about these events before reading? Love Me A Period Drama said, yes. I always enjoy learning some history as long as I can keep the name straight and they don't talk about battles <laughs> too much. <laughs> I knew very little about the Prince Regent other than he was a carouser. I did i I kind of get him and the Duke of Windsor, the one that abdicated, mixed up in their escapades. Sorry, I'm an ignorant American. I mean that's
1: a couple hundred <laughs> years th- apart. um yeah, sorry, I just had to point that out. <laughs> N-
0: oh, behave um <laughs> um, I had heard of Mad King George, but didn't know the background of the Prince Regent coming into power. I didn't get the answer I didn't get to answer the previous question about George but the stuff I was interested in with him was the purchasing of the mills in the North. I loved the book North and South, Elizabeth Gaskell. Yes. 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 And found the time period 1860s and the issues with workers and the management interesting. George seems to have good instincts about the manufacturing in the North and would have liked to get... More background about what was happening in the early 19th century before Gaskell's book. Takes well, this place.
1: is pretty much the start of the Industrial Revolution in England. So it's yeah, and mm-hmm. in later chapters you will get more um, from Jeremy's perspective on how manufacturing and also the steam engine and its application to trains and then also into mines and how that is revolutionizing the country i think winston's actually quite clever in sort of giving each character a different part of um what's going on in society so it's not all like russ is doing the war shit george the manufacturing Mm -hmm. shit you get the the sort of technological revolution in Uh, Jeremy Mm -hmm. and like the I can't think of what else happens actually but some other shit comes later on I'm sorry I just swore so much we just got a tweet from somebody telling us not to drink so much and to swear so much (laughs) 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 I can't help it (laughs) Sandy Beach said yes I am enjoying the real historical people and events being woven into the story I stand in awe of Winston Graham's ability to make this seamless. I could almost believe that Ross is a real historical person. On my first read of the books I did not research any of the historical portions even though my knowledge of them was sketchy. The plot still was enjoyable and readable but on subsequent reads I got curious about how much was real and how much was Winston Graham's imagination. I enjoyed Ross's conversation with Canning and his audience with the prince, keeping Ross in character as he talks to the prince, and discusses actual events and political concerns was believable. While Ross was waiting for the meeting to be arranged, he works on his report and writes to Demelza, including much of his report in his letter. We're told that it helped him, he found, to see it through her eyes. Ross is channeling Demelza. Uh, let's
0: see, Lauren said, I very much like the historical aspects of the books. I knew something of Prinny, but now, or no more now. And in an interesting way. Dark Heart says, although I was aching for Ross to get his arse back to his Cornish riot wife, um, I was still enjoying his solo away from home scenes. And I know I said arse and it's supposed to be os, but I would you know.
1: prefer if we just stuck to how we say things. Yeah. I'm yeah. never going to say yeah. it. Um, how he... is it you say it? Ass. <laughs> arse. <laughs> arse. Or whatever. Arse
0: arse <laughs> uh let's see his meeting with prinny was pure jokes ross was so very irritated <laughs> being a man who is normally outspoken he had to hold his tongue but whilst being politely insulted by the prince and then having the prince fall asleep during his oral report then still being insulted about his oratory skills afterwards. i mean that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah 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 um yes i did love the interweaving of real historical characters and events such as george canning and the madness of king george i knew of this but am not at all learned on it the story does convey the impact of all of this and the regency bill on political maneuvers the prospects of war and peace at the time and of course on george's business endeavors
1: margaret said i knew absolutely nothing about these events i do not like the we- oh, wait, i do like the weaving of Real historical people and events, but I think a bit too much time is spent on it. I'd prefer more character and relationship development. And you know what? Um, the first time I read these novels, I would have agreed with Margaret, but I think when you reread them and you're not so desperate for all of the Ross Demels and stuff because you're like, they're fine, um, <laughs> 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 you're able to appreciate a lot war what winston is doing here and how he weaves all these storylines yeah. together and honestly i'm a yeah. kind of more gripped by the social political stuff going on than like i'm not that desperate for ross to come home You know, <laughs> <laughs> he'll get there he
0: will get there yeah. eventually he'll get there eventually and Um, the Romelza that we get in these later books are just, it's just delightful. It's worth it, people. Uh, Yeah, it, it really is worth the wait. Uh, do you think Ross is right in encouraging clowns to stay out of society? Love Me, a period drama says, yes, I think he knows she wouldn't have the patience for it like him. Unlike teenagers today, his advice doesn't seem to have the opposite effect of making her want to be in society more. <laughs> she seems to respect her father's opinion. Crazy. Shock. Yeah. I also agree with Caroline that Caroline though that she should meet as many men as she can and take advantage of opportunities in society. So I guess I contradicted myself. <laughs> I think Ross was right to put the warning in her head, but I'm glad she has the opportunity to find out for herself. I'm glad Ross didn't for did not forbid her to go. Um Margaret said, no, I think it's good for her to expand her horizons and meet and socialize with people of other classes. <laughs> Karen, once again, single word, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Karen. Yes. She gets it. Uh, Paul Hart <sighs> said, yes, does. I actually did not think that Ross was very discouraging. I think he was unprepared and therefore anxious and shocked. Clarence looked stunning and he and was wearing a revealing dress and mixing well with interest he mentioned that he knew her to be the girl who liked to be barefooted and ride her horse and act the tomboy i guess he didn't quite recognize the clarence there as his daughter at first he was not sure if Demelza had agreed to this and if this was what clarence wanted i liked his reaction as he was more concerned about clarence's being or feeling out of her depth but he was not closed off completely to the idea and seemed to have an open mind an open mind about the interest lord edward was paying her i love that caroline teased him and if about if he was being parental all of a sudden (laughs) i mean what does that say about him anyway And that served as a reminder that both him and Demelza had been known for adopting a fairly free and easy parenting style, but were ultimately quite supportive parents. You know how we feel about this, (laughs) parenting style. Yes, yes.
0: uh, A fairly free and easy easy parenting style, especially for the uh, early 19th century. (laughs) You know, they're acting very, you know, oh, I don't know. Very mid to moving into late 20th century?
1: Maybe. A little bit. bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's see. Uh, Sandy Beach said I'll be listening for other contributors' answers to this question because I'm a little stumped by it. I must have missed something in my reading. Ross himself has established his own identity. He moves between classes and does not allow them to alter who he is. Demelza, of course, has moved up in society by marrying Ross. The, the children they have raised, um, the ch- their children they have raised to accept a person by their character, exposing them to miners, farmers, village folk, and the more notable of the community. I would think Ross would not want. Quote society, end quote, to cause clowns to be altered in that approach to people.
1: I mean, that's a good point, but then I would counter that Mm -hmm. by saying that if you are accepting people for their characters, then you can't write them off because they're from a higher level of society than you're used to. There was Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with Lord Edward. He was perfectly fine. In fact, much better than her current love interest. Uh, yeah. So, it, like, it goes both oh, ways. Yeah. And I think Ross sometimes has a tendency to look down upon people from his quote-unquote society. Um, yeah. And it can almost be like a bias in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, yeah. it's pretty evident in the TV show. Demelza, like, calls him out for on him a number of times. She's like, you know what? Let's just judge people for being people. You know? Exactly. Demelza, you get it. <sighs> Well, that was fun. That was. Mm. And that's all we've got. So tough luck. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next week. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be discussing chapters one to five of book two of The Stranger from the Sea. And I just finished reading that part of the book. Mm-hmm. And it is straight bonkers. I cannot <laughs> wait if you want to be a part of the podcast head on over to our blog where we have a few questions for you to answer or you can email us at podarkfancast at gmail.com with what you thought of the chapters just you know drop us a line tell us yeah. how you're doing uh, you can find us on all your social medias at podark fancast please rate and review us on apple podcasts to help get the word out about the podcast thank you for listening and we will see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye Young money
2: hey, I'm just trying to make my way out the concrete jungle who walks with me hey, oh yeah, trying to find connection in 2000-something, ain't
1: Anyway, I'm back with my baby cat. Give me piggyback. Drip, drip. With that kitty cat. Put it in his lap. Sip, sip. Wanna tip, tip.